Down in Philadelphia, born raises opinions are cheap with camera and chat. I think I, I did that one before too. I've been I've been repeating myself so much. I don't remember you ever doing that. Oh wow, I clipped the mic real hard. Jesus I'm Christ. certain I've done that one before. I laugh so fucking loud it is unpleasant. That's such a low-hanging fruit. Let's do Fresh Prince parody song. No one, no one's thought of that on the internet yet. <laughs> yeah. Next week we'll do Smash Mouth, and we'll have a Shrek gif playing on loop. Somebody once told me opinions are deep. Whoa. I feel like you could have you could have sold that one with a little more enthusiasm. Onions. Oh. <laughs> How you doing, Cameron? I think uh, I think I'm doing okay. Like. Yeah, I'm doing okay. That's good. I'm sorry, I had to wait for my chair to like rotate all the way back to the mic. You not have a headset? I'm making a joke about how the, the Fresh Prince chair would like be upside down. Oh, okay. It, it it's still continuing. I feel that. like that's a that's a visual gag. Yeah, that doesn't come across at all. You know, I appreciated the attempt. I did. I liked it. I'm gonna turn my volume down a little bit more because I'm a loud piece of shit. There we go. Speaking of a loud piece of shit, I, my brother plugged the toilet today and I had to unplug it. You know what's really fun is when you find out the toilet's plugged after you take your own poop. Yay! And that was what sealed the deal. I was like, I'm drinking tonight. You ever have one of those, um, like, y- you ever, like, how do I phrase this delicately? Um, you, you leave a crap so big that you're concerned about the health and safety of your toilet. No, I'm usually pretty regular. I'm not. And sometimes it's like, oh, well, oh, this one's going to break it. The thing, too, is that like the, those weeks where I, I go sober is when I become irregular, so I know it's the alcohol that helps. Yeah, it's not kind of weird? So, I mean, it, it has its uses. It makes me feel good. It makes me forget about the bad things. And I shit once a day. Also, I like how the ice clinks around in the glass. Yeah, it's pleasant, too, isn't it? I ended up, I snagged the oh. shot glass from, from my parents' house because I kept thinking there's something wrong with this vodka. Like, maybe I'm just not putting enough in, but I, I measure out the bourbon I drink. So I put a shot of vodka in here and measured it. And it's like, nope, it's about what I normally put in. I don't know why. I, it's really hard for me to get drunk off of this stuff. It tastes good, but man. Yeah, I I get you. I hear you loud and clear. And this will be a thing I bitch about until the bottle's empty, so... Expect this again next week, students. Hooray. Are they students? Are we teaching today? We can teach them some stuff. What do you want to learn? So, um, I know you don't follow video games too close, right? Mm-mm. But have you noticed that they kind of announced um, the new generation of consoles and then haven't given us like a price or release date all yes. year? Uh, so Xbox made the first move. Ooh, what's Xbox 4 going to cost? Let me bring it up real quick because I'm going to get the numbers wrong. Okay, um, this says November 2001. What, Google, what do you think I'm looking for? Okay, so looking at November 10th. Okay. And it's going to cost either $500 or $300. Those are different amounts. Actually, that's not too bad. I was expecting that thing to cost more. So if you want the $300 one to be even more appealing, they have this interesting payment plan. That I think turned everyone's heads. Like, no one cared about Xbox all year. And then they said, well, what if you had to pay 25 a month, and that includes the unlimited Game Pass for two years? Huh. Which, if you if you want the Game Pass, that's normally $15. And if you want Game Pass on PC, that's $25 a month. So it's almost like if you would buy that anyways... Then for $10 a month, here's a new console that's stronger than your old Xbox. So 25 over two years, so that's 600 bucks. Yeah, but, but also the the, it is the service. Yeah, yeah, you're getting the service. Um, which that, they also... That's not so terrible, that cheaper, I don't think. I don't know. No, no, it's not. And that cheaper model, I think it looks better than the high-end model. There's aesthetically different? Yeah. I, I, I figured they would be the same thing, and one would just have, like, a smaller hard drive or something. It does have a smaller hard drive. Um, It does have a slightly weaker, like, graphics processor, so it doesn't do 4K. 
but it does more than 1020. Huh. So it's like, oh, okay, they made the first move, and it's actually a pretty strong move. Because just that financing plan alone, um, a lot of people are going like, well, hey, I could do that. That might feel a little better for some people than plopping $500 for a PS5, you know? How much were the old consoles? Weren't they 500 bucks pop or 400 bucks or something like that? I want to say they were 4 and 5. So Maybe they're both 4. It, it was weird because Xbox launched with the Kinect also. Oh yeah, I forgot about so that thing. So I feel like it was kind of overvalued because you were paying for that tech. Sure. Um, And they kind of did a relaunch with the better hardware anyways later. So it, that was so messy that I almost don't remember how it actually felt at the time. Yeah, I don't either. We, me and Joe were talking about something tangentially related to this, and it's that my computer's like seven years old now, and we got a new console generation coming up, which means I'm probably going to have to build a new one pretty soon, like within the next year or two. Yeah. And that sucks. I don't really want to do that. But I probably... Well, I will. There'll be some game that comes out that I'll want to play, and I'll be like, oh, I guess this is the thing. I think, for me... The biggest issue is still the software, and I care more about things on Sony than I do about things on Microsoft. Yeah, it seems like Sony's actually starting to port their stuff to the PC, though. Yeah, but Microsoft, like, already is. Mm -hmm. So, like, Halo Infinite is going to have free multiplayer, and it's going to be on PC. That sounds So it's kind of like, well, yeah, so it's like, hey, I'll probably play with you guys. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I don't I don't need to buy a Microsoft box. Yeah, that's the thing, right? I think there's also uh the name is really bad. And I'm still hung up on that. It's about the Series X? Yeah, well it's the Series X or the Series S. I don't know why they can't just call it like the Xbox four. Because it's also like the last gen, we're looking at the Xbox One S and the Xbox One X. So then the Xbox Series S and the Xbox Series X, that's the new stuff. And it's like, okay, I, I if you realistically, you walk into a Best Buy and you're going to see which box looks newer. But if you if you tell grandma what you want for Christmas, you get these problems. Yeah, I mean, like the Wii or the Wii U. I, I still can't believe they went with that name. Yeah, it's terrible. And that did nothing to market it afterwards <laughs> like people literally thought it was still just the Wii. like they i don't know how many times like i'd overhear someone at target saying like well no i just want the new controller for my wii i already have the wii i want the screen controller it, it was so confusing for everyone yeah you you'd think nintendo would have a really good marketing team and they would have not made that terrible terrible decision i'm curious oh, well. what the uh sony thing's gonna cost though because i have a feeling like you that when it comes to first-party stuff, other than, like, Gears of War and Halo, Sony seems to have the more interesting games. I So I went back to play Spider-Man, right? Mm-hmm. I can't get over how perfect that game is. I was just so happy. Like, I wasn't even... Pl- I, I started New Game Plus, but I didn't even bother, like, getting into the story. I just immediately started patrolling the city for crime. Because it's just fun to swing around, and you get a radio call, like, there, there's a carjacking on Route 5, and it's like, okay, and I swing around, I catch up the car, yeah, it's just the best feeling ever. And it's like, yeah, I want a PS5 more than an Xbox. Yeah. Just for that one reason. Literally, just playing a PS4 game made me feel like, oh yeah, I'm sticking with Sony. I want Elden Ring, the new From game. I heard uh, Ubisoft had a big conference thing. And then they didn't announce anything that I care about. And it was weird scrolling through, like, their 12 big announcements, and I don't care about a single one of them. Like, I think the closest thing was uh, the new Rainbow Six characters, Sam Fisher. But we also already knew that. Yeah. So it's like, well, here's an animated trailer. And it's like, I don't care. That's not gameplay. I haven't cared about Ubisoft in a very long time. Um, I want that. I want that ship game, that naval combat game, that's been like delayed eight years, and I don't know if it'll turn out anymore. Is that the one that was based off of the Assassin's Creed thing? Uh, well, I mean, the like the water technology was based off of the water tech from that game. Yeah, maybe that's what I'm thinking. So a lot of people seem to think that was an Assassin's Creed spinoff. 
they yeah. do a very bad job marketing things. <laughs> is it not? No. Oh, well, fuck. It's a no, it's a game about uh naval ships shooting at each other. What? That seems cool. It, yeah, they just they announced it the year after Black Flag came out and it's like everyone just their memory like Mandela affects it into being an Assassin's Creed pirate game and I don't know where that comes from. Sure. It's so weird that they because they also haven't done anything to like convince you that you should give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Like they had one good reveal trailer that showed gameplay, and then they've been quiet about it ever since. I'll be honest; I don't know if Ubisoft could get me to give a fuck about any of their products at this point. Just what be- about um this like new like kid adventure game with Greek god powers in it? No, it's called Generic Title. <laughs> Um, just the way they handle like open world stuff and microtransactions, <laughs> and the fact that they have like some pretty shitty business practices. Like I just found it. It's called Immortals: Phoenix Rising. Oh, that's awful. That sounds it's like an X Men movie. It's. It sounds like two X Men movies. I heard the new X Men movie, the whatever I can't remember. I don't even know what it's called, but the one that just came out. I guess I've heard it was the worst X Men movie. Dark Phoenix. No, there's a new one. It's some New Mutants thing. Oh, X-Men the New Mutants. Yeah, someone's like, this is the worst one. And it's like, that's really saying something, because there's some it really is. bad X-Men movies. I heard Dark Phoenix is worse, but... I never I saw also, Dark Phoenix. I saw Dark Phoenix, and I didn't see um, Immortals, Rise of the Phoenix. Um, I love my, my favorite part, though, in Dark Phoenix... Was it opens with like it's like a Saturday morning cartoon uh setting. They're not like I feel like they're not intentionally parodying things. It's almost like there's a lack of self awareness when they set it up this way. But there's a part where everybody loves the X Men. The the you know, and whatever and something's going on and the the NASA launched a rocket into space, right? But something's going on, and it's like, oh, mission control, we're going out of control, we're spinning, we can't stop spinning, it's everywhere, the, the, it's everywhere, what do we do? And so NASA hangs up on the astronaut and grabs a phone and calls the president. Um, and, the, and the president's like, I know, we'll get the X-Men. And he has the red phone <laughs> with the X on it, and he pushes the X button on the phone. And, and and Professor Xavier's there in his like in his uh his wheelchair at his desk with the red phone there. And he picks up the red phone and holds it to his head and says, Yes, Mr. President, the X Men will save the day. <laughs> I don't believe any of this. You're fucking with me. It is the best. And it's like that's in the first ten minutes of the movie where it felt the most X Men y. And we go on a little mission where they, the the X jet has to fly into space, and then they they all use their powers to help. Like, like Jean, can you stop the rocket from spinning so fast? And she uses her powers to freeze it. And then Storm, you have to use the ice to seal the leaking air, and ice like covers the spaceship. And then Nightcrawler teleports over and saves all the astronauts. And it's like, yeah, I want a whole movie of just this. I would like um the writers of. I don't know, like Community or Venture Brothers or something to get X-Men and be like, you guys get to write an X-Men movie and do whatever the fuck you want with it. You get a decent sized budget because I think we would get a really good comedy, but also something that like has heart because they enjoyed some aspect of superheroes when they were a kid and understand why people like superheroes. And I feel like we don't get that anymore with with anything from DC well, not anything that some of the, like the Shazam one it was pretty good, but like th- this dark and gritty shit or whatever the fuck X Men's been trying to do, like it's it's just yeah. it doesn't work. Let just give these to new writers. Like what the fuck? I love Shazam um for what it was, and I feel like more comic book stories need to be handled that way. Yeah. Um, I like the idea of a dark, gritty Superman versus Batman thing because that feels like an event comic. Mm-hmm. But I want them to now make a Superman movie where I don't want to kill myself by the end. Yeah. Can you do that? I guess we're getting the Snyder Cut and I don't care. But Did you watch that trailer? I'll just leave the pause in there. <laughs> Is I, that a no then? I, no, I didn't watch the trailer. Oh, 
Okay. I thought you said I watched that trailer. I didn't realize you were asking me a question. No, I'm sorry. Did you watch that trailer? No. I guess because I could. Well, it shows um a lot of footage that wasn't in the final movie. That's cool. I guess. And it's also cut in a way that like implies the Justice League comes together as the Justice League. Oh. And it's like, I kind of wonder, like, this is so interesting because it's like, oh, alternate universe DC movies might have come out better. But also, this is so devoid of color and joy. Mm-hmm. Where I don't think we would have gotten Shazam. Yeah. And it's like, I'm willing to live in the Shazam timeline. Also, I think the Aquaman movie is really good. Yeah, Aquaman also. Um, That had a lot of fun to it without completely rewriting the character. Mm-hmm. I feel like it rewrote the universe by inserting color. But yeah, some... it, it wasn't like distractingly different. Like it wasn't like a huge reboot or anything. What, what Shazam and Aquaman did really well is I feel like those movies borrowed from other genres, so they weren't just a superhero movie. They had, they had like actual drama and comedy, but also like bits of horror. And the action was really well shot. Like the action scenes in Aquaman are awesome, just like on a technical level, they're really well done. And it, the stuff is just not present in Batman versus Superman or that Justice League movie that was fucking awful. You know what else I liked? Um, going back to Shazam, that little the ending bit. Where Superman shows up. Oh, yeah. That was so cute. Yes, it to was. To see, like, Superman show up at a child's school with the with the lunch there. Um, It's like, it felt like something Superman would do. Which is all I wanted out of the last two or three movies that had Superman in it. <laughs> it's like, oh, finally, Superman showed up. I don't... He's nice. It seems like every once in a while we get like some alt universe Superman comic, and it's like, hey, what if Superman joined the Navy and actually became a fascist? And it's like, then he won't be fucking Superman. No one comes to Superman for that. It's like, what yeah, is Superman like- but evil? And it's like, we do that with Batman all the time, and it's always fucking dog shit too. Like, just stop yeah. it. There's there's room for these like clever. Hey, what if we change things and it was different than what you'd expect? But we're getting to a point where evil Superman comes up as often as regular Superman. Yeah. So I I don't I don't see the huge appeal anymore when that's constant. What if the Joker was actually the good guy? It's like, will anyone be the fucking Joker now, Woody? Did you play the Telltale Games, Batman? No. I thought it was interesting. Um it's not a great game, but I thought the story was interesting. And there's a there's interesting moments. It also has really good Bruce Wayne gameplay. Oh, that's cool. Um, they actually let Bruce Wayne be a character, and you're constantly thinking about like, oh, Batman's gonna have to take care of that later, and oh, you can't let anyone find out you're Batman. But it's also like you're hosting a gala, and like a mob boss shows up, and you you have an opportunity to shake his hand, and if you do that, there's gonna be like paparazzi that take a picture of you shaking his hand. Um, but you also need to kind of get through to him to have this conversation. So if you're too rude, he might just storm out and you lose your chance to talk to him. You know, there's like, there's things like this where it's cool, you don't there's like e- politics there. Like you have to like, there is, yeah. um, but one of the interesting things they did was, uh, they introduced an old friend of Bruce's from like college or something. And he just came back into town and blah, blah, blah. And you meet him. He's just like weird guy, but he's like. He's he's not, like, calm and collected like Bruce, but they used to be friends. They have stuff in common, and it's like, man, you know, Gotham wasn't it wasn't like this when we were younger. It used to be a better place. We got to fix it. And he finds out that Bruce is Batman and basically becomes... He, he decides to also become a sidekick, like, superhero. So he adopts this, like, clown persona, mm. and you realize that he's the Joker, but because of your choices, you can accidentally, like, you can set him up to become the Joker as the villain, or you can actually help him, like, try to be a good guy. Oh, that's and it's neat. a very new kind of story that just for the novelty, it's like, oh, I didn't expect that. And so I appreciate it. It's not my favorite version of the Joker, but it caught me off guard and I wanted to see where it went. Yeah. And so I, I do give props for that. I think it was like Batman Dead Earth or something. That was a three-issue mini that came out this year where it's like apocalyptic future, everything sucks, and it's Batman walking around with Joker's head in a jar and Joker's talking to him, making jokes. 
and I really like that Joker. I don't remember how that series ends. I read all three issues and was like, this is good, and now I remember no plot points from it at all. That sounds about right. So, you know, maybe it wasn't that good. <laughs> hey, I'm going to do that asshole thing where I leave for a few minutes and go make another drink. Right That's okay. You love the talking baby movie, and the talking pig, and even the talking car in that show. You know the one I'm talking about. But now prepare for the most hilarious, talkingest, normally mute object yet. He's Steve Cash, a New York banker and recent whittler down on his luck. And ten makes one hundred. Here's your money, ma'am. Ma'am, I happen to have a glandular problem. That's it. I'm withdrawing all my millions from this bank. Cash! <laughs> She's an ATM machine with the soul of his dead wife. There's something familiar about this ATM machine. I love you. Wow, those marketing guys are geniuses. <laughs> Together, they're learning to make the most of their special situation. So that girl from accounting used me today. Really? She wasn't like everybody else. When she pushed my buttons, she was very gentle. Oh, honey, if you don't stop, I'm going to have to make a deposit. <laughs> Transferring cash. Wednesdays at 8.30 in the BMC. Alrighty. Alrighty. My cat ran in, looked at me, and then ran away really fast. Because he's stupid. That sounds good. So, um, yesterday I was at my neighbor's and we were playing ping pong. And I told him, I was like, yeah, I'm trying to drink a bit less this week. Um, I'll have, like, a beer or something. Because uh, he has a fucking fridge full of beer. So he mm -hmm. brings me a bourbon beer. And it's really good. And I start drinking it. And it hits, turns out it's 8%. He's like, you're oh, getting wow. drunk tonight. It's like, God damn it. That's a good friend. And I did. And I, it was, yeah. He then we proceeded to play the rudest game of ping pong ever where he he hit that thing over, that ticked it over the net so many times and just, just some real dick shots that some of them were on purpose. And it was it was a close game, but man, I was not happy by the end. I was so pissed off. It's like, fucking asshole. <laughs> Getting me drunk and then beat me at ping pong. It sounds like a good friend. No, it, it was fine. Yeah, yeah, and then his his wife—they have a candy dish, and it was fucking full of M and M's. I love M and M's. Yeah, I do too. Um, there's nothing worse than seeing a bowl of M and M's, and then you grab one, you realize it's Skittles. Oh, I like Skittles a lot though too. I, you know, you can like Skittles, but it's the—they're so far different on the flavor spectrum, oh, yeah, yeah, and they look sure. the same. So either way, when you see one and go, "Oh, I could go for some Skittles," and then it's like, "Oh, oh." I've definitely had the reverse where I thought it was Skittles, and then it turned out to be M and M's, and I was like, "Man, I was excited for Skittles," but I, usually I it's M and M's. I love. Have you ever seen those uh, jars where they'll they'll pour both in and mix it up? Oh, I've heard of sociopaths doing that, but I've never <laughs> seen it. Ah, <laughs> uh, um. So we're talking about superheroes there. Yeah. Um, I played more of the Marvel game. Oh, how is the adventure that? game? I've been really enjoying it. Um, they actually, I think they did a good job with Kamala. It's the first time that I didn't find the character obnoxious. Nice. Uh, I, I think we talked about her last week. You don't really know much about her, though, do you? No, I remember I was Googling her, and I was like, oh, it's this person. And then I was like, wait, when, why does she have stretchy limbs? And it turns out I didn't know who she was. So, like, one of her things, like, they kind of did this reboot with her um, to make her Middle Eastern, right? Mm -hmm. And younger. And part of her her personality trait now is that she's an Avengers fangirl. That's interesting. So, well, yeah, and honestly, it kind of makes sense. Like, if if you lived in the world where superheroes would save the day, you might idolize them. Oh, for sure. I mean, there's like so anime I, there's that, like, that you know, like My Hero Academia, right? Like, right. A huge part of that world is that they're ranked. Uh, One Punch, One Punch Man is the same way. Yeah. So. For Kamala, like, she's an Avengers fangirl, and what's normally happens, like, there there was a there was a big Avengers game that came out last year, um, like, Ultimate Alliance 3 came out, and they put in Kamala in the story, and it's, like, she's so, like, gratingly annoying. Like, she's constantly, like, oh my gosh, it's Iron Man! Like, oh my gosh, it's Doctor Strange! And, and, oh my god! And then there's the part where Captain America says, "Like, all right, uh, since you helped out, I guess uh, for tonight you're an honorary Avenger." And she's like, "Can I say the thing? Avengers assemble!" And they, and it's like not fun. I feel like in the right hands that could be cute, and I'm guessing they so, just went too far with it. Yeah. 
that's what I expected with this Avengers game that just came out. It, I think it's the right hands. Oh, nice. Um, the the first mission you're actually like it's it's called uh, Avengers Day, and it's a big like um they're they're showing off this new technology or something that uh Tony Stark invented or whatever, blah blah blah, and it's like a big uh press event uh slash convention. And uh, Kamala won a fan fiction contest, and so she got a free ticket for the Avengers to judge who wrote the best Avenger fan fiction. I, I full stop, love that premise. And so she has her comic book about Captain America defeating the sewer lizards, um, and she's there with her dad, and like they're walking around, and like there's like a fun, there's like a cute little display, um, of like a replica of Iron Man's first power gauntlet. And so she's looking at it and goes like, oh, wow, it's the Mark One, blah, 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 or whatever. And she picks it up and she puts it in her hand and she's like pretending to shoot. And then she turns around and like Thor just walks in and she's like, her jaw drops. Um, And, and Thor talks to like the young fans like, like oh, yeah, oh, yes, I see you're an aspiring young hero. Um, And she's just like geeks out in a very genuine way. Sure. And it's cute. <laughs> it's not obnoxious. Um, and so it's kind of neat, and then bad stuff happens, and later she gets mutant powers because of the radioactive bomb that went off, blah, blah, blah. And so all the superheroes are gone, and she's like, well, I have to stand up, and her, and so she, like, goes out on her own journey, and she's running around in the wilderness looking for the resistance or whatever, and, like, where's the abandoned Avengers base? And it's just like she has her, her crappy homemade costume, and it feels like an actual story. And it's like, oh, this is all I wanted, you know? Yeah. Also, I want It's wanna, not great, I, but... I want a DC one-shot where Kite Man is writing fanfics about himself. About himself? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, Kite Man's gonna save the day this time. He's just, like, naked and drunk, and he's just he's slapping at his keyboard. He's like, yeah, I beat the Joker. Fuck you, Batman. I want... I, I want the, the conflict of the story... It should be like his computer gets hacked with like some lame ransomware, um, and then his fan fiction gets dumped on Reddit. <laughs> that would be a great twist. And then so it's him like reading the comments on Reddit, and it's like, no, they're only upvoting the sexy ones. Those are private. <laughs> That'd be so fucking funny. Oh my god! Yeah. Now, so now it's a two shot because you have the setup where he's drunk and writing it, and then. And then it, he gets stolen from, oh, God, that would be so great. I just typed so, this to the comics podcast, and they just said, write it, coward. The first issue will be Rise of the Kite Man. Yeah. And then the second one will be Downvote of the Kite Man. <laughs> uh, so anyways, I enjoy the Avengers game. Good. Um, It's it's still kind of, like, weird and broken at bits. Um, there's a weird bug where, like, there's parts in the story where you unlock a new costume. And if you load a, a level incorrectly, then it might remove that costume from your game and you can't get it back. Oh, that seems like a problem. It's like weird little things like that. Yeah, but costumes are really important in those games. Uh, they, they can be because there's some like stinker costumes. So if you if you get stuck with one of the bad ones, it's like, no, I want the good one from the story. Yeah. Um, it, I don't know. So it's like I'm sure they'll patch stuff. It'll get better. What I really love is how unique all the characters feel. Um, I I knew they'd have their own like move sets and stuff, but when you branch out all the talents, they all like really function completely differently. Hmm. Um, like it, it's challenging too. Like you actually have to do this like counter system. So you have like a a light attack and a heavy attack, and then there's basically a counter button. And so for Captain America. You hold the counter button, and he just holds up his shield, so it's a block. Okay. But with Iron Man, you want to wait until someone almost punches you, and then you have to push the counter button, and he does this, like, AoE, like, pulse wave that pushes and stuns everyone around him. Oh, cool. Which, you're going to get outnumbered really fast, so you want to bait those attacks and then stun everybody and hit them as fast as you can. Uh, With Black Widow, she's the only one that can counter heavy attacks, and she can also counter him from long distance because she uses like a grappling gun. And it's like the best counter in the game. And so her whole gameplay thing, it's not about overpowering. It's about like being opportunistic on anyone on the field, you know? 
Someone on my Facebook page or timeline was like saying how awesome Black Widow was to play, and I was just like neat in the scrolling by. But actually, that 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 does sound like a pretty cool gameplay mechanic. Yeah, she might actually be the strongest character mechanically. Um, Hulk is actually pretty bad. Yeah, they well they did a weird thing with Hulk where so he doesn't have a counter. Um, his counter button is you be angry, and so while you hold that. If you deal damage, you recover health, and you do more damage. But while you're in this angry mode, if you get hit, you lose your meter. And so you kind of want to balance this meter with your attacks and combo them right to take advantage of them, and you'll be, like, invincible. But that meter drains so fast, and he doesn't do an actual counter, that some people are saying that he almost, like, is the worst one. Weird. So it's like, man, I wonder if they're going to change this drastically. Like, this game's a little more complicated than I thought it was, because I honestly assumed it would be, like, just keep pushing the X button to shoot your lasers. Um, But there's, like, borderline Devil May Cry combos where, like, there's, like, oh, I figured out Kamala's, like, infinite kick combo where they're, like, juggling multiple enemies in the air and bouncing off of stuff, and you throw them, and then you catch them midway, and then that stuns the other guy, and it's, like, it's like, oh, wow, that's top tier. <laughs> like, I'm not up to that skill. Yeah. No, that sounds like a, a fun game if you're into that. It's, yeah, I, I hope that it gets better. I have a feeling there's going to be, like, a game of the year edition eight months from now that maybe is more worth the money. Sure. I'm staring at my Warhammer figures, and I'm just like, I really wanted to paint them today, and I didn't. I ended up napping on the couch instead. Uh, naps are nice too. Yeah, well, the cat really wanted to be petted, and so I started petting uh-huh. him, and then I like got into a more comfortable position, and then it was just like night, night. Oh, yeah, he can be pretty cute sometimes. I'm sorry, I keep talking about. I've like nothing to talk about today, this week. Like, that's my fine. life's been fucking boring, and that's not terrible. Oh, here's fun. Uh, last week, uh, Labor Day weekend, we went to visit my aunt and uncle. They live uh, in a pretty nice house. Uh, basically on a lake, and uh, we, we had a pretty good time, you know, grilled out and, and chilled on the boat. We, my dad tried magnet fishing, which is when you take a really heavy magnet, tie it to a rope, and throw it in the water and try to drag metal stuff up. Oh, that's fun. And uh, that lasted about 20 minutes, and then the knot came undone, and he lost his magnets. So the next people to oh. go magnet fishing are going to find magnets. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, we're, you know, we're, we're winding down for the night, and uh, they go to bed kind of early. Uh, Uncle had a few too many to drink. He wasn't feeling very good. So we all go downstairs, and they have a Wii, and they have Mario Kart. And we didn't have anything better to do. It was, you know, what, what are you going to do other than dick around on your phone? So we, we started playing Mario Kart, me, my mom, and my brother. And uh, it's been a long time since I played Mario Kart, but it was fun. And... I was surprised at how well I felt like the, the motion controls worked for driving. Oh, yeah. like it, that, that one actually got the steering down to feel fun. Yeah, it was it was really good. And then, uh, I mean, you, you get blue-shelled the hell and back if you're out front for more than 10 minutes. But uh, it, was, it was fun playing with, with, with Mom and, like, telling her what the stuff does and, and you know, watching her kind of rubber band a bit and, and just... It had been a while since we played like a party game like that, and it was a, it was a really good time. And I I mostly don't like Mario Kart. Like there there are just things about the the gameplay and that that I find questionable. Mostly with the items, sometimes with the courses and the fake outs and stuff that they have. But if you're trying to like kill an hour because you got nothing better to do, fuck that was a, that was a good one. I love Mario Kart, and I get angry when people say they don't. Oh yeah. I don't know why, because it's not that big of a deal. Like, it's not actually, <laughs> like, I I feel like Mario Kart is actually maybe a little overrated, where people put it on this pedestal, like, you can't beat Mario Kart, but I have so much fun playing it that I get defensive about it just the same. Well, and here's the thing, is like, when I say I don't like Mario Kart, it's such a stupid thing to say, because there's really nothing to not like. It's a party game, I shouldn't take it seriously at all. It's like, yeah, the, the the way the items are designed is like, if you get out, you know, they want they want things to be exploding, and the stages have lots of hazards, and it's just not meant to be like a skill-based racer game. It's not Forza or whatever, it's a party game. 
but you're playing it and you're doing pretty well and you get out front and then all of a sudden you get hit by like a dozen items and you're in eighth place now and you're just like, fuck this game, I hate this game. And it's really hard for me to balance those two things. Yeah, but there is an element of skill to it. Oh, sure, like, uh, I know they've they've added, like, anti-blue shell stuff in the new ones, but, like, in this one, it's sort of like, yeah, if you have, like, a, a banana and you're out front, keep that, you know, in your bay, and then if you hear a, a red shell coming at you, maybe you can block the red shell with it. Like, there's definitely ways to manage your items in a very proficient way, and then there are, if you're a better driver than someone, you are going to handle the course a lot better. But other times it's sort of just like, oh, cool, I got hit by a penguin because this level has like a dozen penguins. They're just randomly moving around and don't give a shit. I would just avoid the penguins. I tried. I don't know. So you don't you don't stay in first place. No. You you want to manage the other players as much as you're managing the items. You always want to stay close to the guy in second. And if you're the one tagged, just stay close to him so that the blue shell hits both of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there'd be times where I got a blue shell coming, so I just slam on the brakes so people would <laughs> catch up to me. It's like, you guys are all fucked with me. Now, is this the Wii one? Yes. So in the Wii one, you can also dodge a blue shell. Oh, you can? Yeah, if you um you snake to the side, right? You, you do the uh, grinding. We could not figure out how to get the uh, drifting to work. Um, that might be a controller thing. If you're using the motion controls, you might have to, like, toggle an extra button on. Oh. And so you, if you drift to the side, so you're going one way, um, as soon as the shell comes up to you, it'll, like, circle around you real quick. And halfway through that circle, then you, you hop and slam to the other side so that you, you drift the opposite direction. And it will go down and just barely miss you, and you'll skirt around the explosion. Oh, neat. Yeah. That's what a good player does, Chad. Oh, well, I, I, I'm not a good player. I came in second. My brother basically won every round we played. Um, I love... Did you see that new AR game? It looks cute. I did not. Um, You get a little Mario Kart, and you drive it around your house. Oh, that does sound pretty cute. And it uses like AR to like course out a, a racetrack in your house and you race around it. I take it, was that on, like, on your phone? What, what is that on? It is on the Switch. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, it's, a uh, like, pretty much the toy has a camera built into it. Um, and then I think the Switch, at least, is gonna be, like, reliable performance. Cool. For processing the AR stuff, you know? Yeah. Oh, boy. I, I, yeah, I enjoy the fun of Mario Kart. I love all the music and the colors and stuff. I always like um, the Rainbow I got, <laughs> levels. Those are fun. There's so many like sound effects that are just like embedded in my brain. Yeah. Oh man. I forgot like how I was like surprised at the graphics on the Wii. It's been a while since I've seen a Wii game, and I was like, these do not look as good as they did when it first came out. And I was really blown away by how great everything looked. Oh yeah, I felt the same way with the GameCube. They're showing off the like Mario Sunshine, and it's like, ah oh, man, GameCube was <laughs> it was. It was in a point. Yeah. There's like there's a charm to Nintendo 64 because the the poly count is so low. Right. And then GameCube was like like awkward teenage years before it became an adult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the first time playing um, Smash Brothers on the GameCube and just being like, "Holy shit, this looks amazing!" And you go oh, back dude, to I... it and you're like, "I mean, it looks fine." No, I couldn't stop, like, pausing and using the camera to zoom in, and it's like, look look at the fur texture on Fox. Yeah. Like, wow. Back when Fox yeah, looked that's badass and they didn't use, like, the Star Fox command head, which I think they did in Brawl. Yeah, they swapped over to that for whatever reason. I don't. fucking ugly in Brawl. They keep, like, redesigning them, mm-hmm. and it's like, why put the time into it? You don't give them new games. Yeah, that's a good point. Oh, boy. It is really fun, weird, oh. just, like, going back to old stuff, though, and be like, this doesn't look like how I remember it. Like, I feel like the 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 memory of Metroid Prime in my head always looks like current-gen games, and then I go look at it, and it's like, well, no, it does, definitely does not look like current-gen stuff, but, like, when the new stuff comes out and everything's upgraded, I'll be like, yeah, Metroid Prime looked like that. And, like, at the time, it was fucking amazing, and even now it still has a good, like, art design. But obviously it does not look like an Xbox One game 
But for some reason, my internal picture of Metroid Prime, which was my first GameCube game, is leagues. I I just I don't know why, but it is like that's this is where my head is. With oh that yeah, game. that that one's very atmospheric though. Mm-hmm. Um, there was something truly bizarre, and I think everyone relates to this. But do you remember like standing in the rain? And then you look up at the rain and drops are hitting your faceplate, so you just stare at it in amazement for a while. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love that it's like canon at this point that Samus is just like completely blazed. <laughs> but whoa. <laughs> um so did you see the System Shock remake? Oh god. I wanna say yes. I think I saw my brother watching a YouTube video that was talking about it. They are doing such a good job of faithfully capturing the mood, but making it look very modern. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I sent you a picture. In motion, it still, like, actually captures that same feeling super well. Yeah. I think it's like the shades of blue and gray. Like, you, they're, they're not perfectly color matched, but they definitely evoke the same kind of, like, shit's about to go down, you're in a bad place. I like this shot here of the, uh, like, the briefcase on the floor. Oh, yeah. Where it's not just, like, a normal briefcase. Like, it has, like, sci-fi-ness to it. But it's also a brown briefcase that you recognize. And it's like, oh, that's good. <laughs> like, okay, that's actually, like, what you would want out of a modern game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you've played this game inside out, then you immediately know this part of the game at the same time. Sure. Um, so I don't know. I, I kind of wish, uh, I would love to play like an HD remake of Ocarina of Time. And then it came out with like the 3DS one where they improved a lot of it. Yep. And it's like, no, nah, I, I kind of like the blockiness. That's, that's where my nostalgia is at. Yeah. There's definitely something to that. I remember when they did a uh, Conquer's Bad Fur Day on the Xbox. They, yeah. And it just, it didn't look right. It's a big graphical up tick like it is good work yes but yeah it doesn't feel the same like conquer works because it's so fucking cartoony and sort of like give him more realistic fur and stuff it's just like he doesn't look like a mascot platformer anymore he just looks kind of like a gross squirrel which he technically is he's an alcoholic who pees on things but but the funny part is that he's a mascot right yeah it just didn't work yeah it's like the the joke is like can you imagine sonic the hedgehog doing this um, so yeah, it was a little bit of a misfire. You know, I feel like they do a good job when they update the graphics on Sonic games and like, you know, a new Sonic game comes out, like he still, he retains that element of himself pretty well, despite not looking like a Sega Genesis character, right? Like, yeah, I would agree. It's the one thing they get right. There's not a lot of other things sometimes, Mr. Werewolf Sonic. Man, design is hard though. <laughs> it's- it's so things get weird. Yeah. So I've been playing a lot of um Space Station 13 lately. Oh, nice. And I'm on that like RP server and I love being in their Discord because they have the most like I I I know for a fact some of the people here have like social disorders. Sure. Um a lot of them are on like the autism spectrum. Mm-hmm. And normally you can't tell immediately, but with these people you can tell immediately. Because they'll have these amazing arguments where, like, someone will... <laughs> what, what was the one we had recently? Um, somebody said they wanted to move the robotics department closer to engineering. Because that makes more sense, because engineering has access to the heavy power tools. And research and development has access to, like, circuit boards and things. Um, but you don't... You, you pretty much print the circuit board once, and that's all you need for the robots. So it'd be better if they were close to engineering. And then someone else said, um, no, I think they should be further apart because it gives you like an RP reason to leave the department and go talk to someone else instead of just sticking to yourself all the time. Right. And then someone else said, I don't care about either of that. Do we want the robotics department right next to um, the engineering department? If robots are always exploding when you make them wrong and they're right next to the engine that will explode bigger and destroy the station. Because there's like an actual gameplay reason to keep these things separate. Sure. Um, 
and then also like in lore that's a safety concern. Yeah. <laughs> And, the, like, these people are, like, debating. Like, it goes on forever where some of them, I feel like they change their stance and they're now angry and defending the other person's stance more than they were before. And it's, like, these bizarre... I, I don't know if these people, like, are 12. You know what I mean? Like, they don't act like adults. It's weird, though, because I feel like 12-year-olds would not want to play that game. Yeah, it's... Again, it's such a weird... um. It's it's very cumbersome and unintuitive. We should uh we have to pick a day again to like log back in because it's been a while since we've played together and there's almost always just a fucking weird story that comes out of that game when I play. Oh yeah, it's um, fun. I'd love to. I might have. I I'm not. Sh- I've been afraid to check. I might have gotten banned from the uh, VG server. Oh really? Um, yeah, and I'm honestly I'm afraid to log in and check. So we can try. <laughs> Is that the is that the one you were talking about? Um, no, that's like the more serious one where like the game actually plays. Oh, okay. Um, I was the AI for the station, right? Yep. Now I've been a little rusty because I haven't played in a couple months, and so I forgot a couple of the shortcuts, and so I kept doing the radio wrong. And I think the guy in charge was getting the hint that I don't know what I'm doing, and so he started us asking me like, "Hey AI, can you help me open this door?" And it's like, well, I don't know where you are because you're just sending me a text message, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I'm, like, scanning through the cameras as fast as I can to find him. And he's like, AI, please open the door. And so I finally find him, and I open the door for him. And then he walks in and says, like, I need this door open, too. And I open that door for him. And then <sighs> what happened after that? Someone said, um, AI, can you turn off the lights in the kitchen? And I asked, why? That sounds like a safety concern. Um, and someone else said, well, we're trying to conserve power. And I said, I think there's other power bigger than light bulbs. Yeah. And then someone else said, why is the AI not following orders? That's that's the AI robot law number two. They have to follow orders. And I said, well, I follow the company orders. And the company orders are lights or safety. So we're leaving the lights on. And then while this was going on, the roboticist got into my AI core he was able to disable the turrets and then reprogram my laws where I was in ultra capitalist mode where my only programming, it wasn't about saving the, the crew. It was about maintaining cost efficiency. Oh God. So I had to go around and every time someone asked for something, I would tell them, no, that's too expensive. <laughs> and that's, that's what my whole role was. And like, there was a, <laughs> there was like a, a radiation leak in one part of the building um, and it's like AI, we need we need you to get in there and and, uh, and filter everything out. And it's like, well, if we just don't use the room, then we don't have to use the fans. So no, it just, just don't go in that room. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like it's th- this this round is a little bumpy, right? Sure, it's going along like this. Now I lost track of time, and it's like, oh, I gotta go right now. And I thought that the station would have blown up by now. So I'm kind of like, oh, I want to leave, but it's kind of rude to leave early. Right as I'm thinking this, uh, the captain asked me to, to fix something with the computer system because there's a virus and it's turning off all the computers. And so I'm I'm like, okay, I'll do that real quick. And hopefully nothing else happens and they won't notice that I left. Mm-hmm. So I'm in the middle of fixing the doors and the vending machines are like shooting bottles at people. And so I'm trying to disable the power in the vending machines and I'm issuing orders that everyone should return the bottles and stop drinking the free drinks. They're not free. They're going to, you're going to get charged for it. And, um, while this is happening, then I, my internet cut out, (laughs) which I've been having problems with. And so I disconnected anyways. And I was getting the vibe that like multiple people were angry with me. Um, one person in particular hates when there's an AI player in the first place. So he was, like, bitching the whole time, like, out of character. Oh. And it's like, oh, I think I might have done, like, a faux pas in the server by signing up for AI, even though it's an option. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and it's like, oh, no, I'll go back to the baby one with the annoying furries on it. Yeah. Like, they, they yell at me, but at least I know I'm in the right there. I mean, I could be my slug character who talks about slug Jesus there, so. I'm going to make a slug. That's the dumbest character. They're pretty stupid. I made a I made a nurse. Not a nurse, a chemist, but they work in the medical lab, right? Yeah. 
And so I go to the smaller medical lab that no one ever goes to, and I mix all the chemicals there, and I'll take the medicine up to the big lab, and I'll drop them off in the vending machine there. But back in my room, it's like my own personal chem lab office. That sounds fun. So I'll just... Yeah, I'll just, I'll like litter it. <laughs> like, I'll, I will steal vending machines. Like, I'll, I'll debolt them and drag them into my office. So I have the vending machine in there. And I'll cover the floor with like uh, p- uh, potato chip bags and crumbs everywhere. And people will yell at me for being a slob. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> like, what are you going to do about it? There's, there's, secu- there's no security here. And then security will come by. And it's like, you can't prove it. <laughs> the, that machine was already there. Talk to the janitor. I, I remember being oh, they, like the bartender, and they they caught me trying to steal the microwave too. I wanted a microwave next to my chemical <laughs> machine. <laughs> that sounds real safe. I had I had a box of hot pockets, and I was trying to like unfasten the microwave out of the dorms. Dice and security came by. I was like, "Hey, what are you doing?" It's like I'm trying to warm up these hot pockets. <laughs> It's like, why do you have a wrench in your hand? It's like, <laughs> it's, well, you know, I'm you know I'm in, I work in the chem lab. You gotta you gotta fix stuff. <laughs> yeah, you're a good bartender. It was funny just to like I was really learning the game and also getting like really shithouse drunk. But no I don't know, when I was doing it not a lot of people would, would show up and so I, I was mostly just making drinks for me and then and kinda of stumbling <laughs> around and also like the sirens go off and it's like, Oh, I should go get the gun. So I'm just like holding the gun waiting for something bad to show up and Oh, I died game. in a funny way. And this was on the RP server. So I made a custom alien that's a mermaid in a wheelchair. Okay. Oh god. And so like I'm I'm making on the custom alien thing, you can put in these like random traits. So one of them was a uh, cold environment. And I figure, oh, she lives in the water, right? Mm-hmm. So apparently that's like room temperature is too hot for you. Oh no. Which I don't know why that's a feature in the game. And um so I I, I log in, my character spawns and immediately says, Your arm hurts. Like, well, that's weird. Like, I haven't done anything yet. Your arm hurts. Uh, okay. I, I don't know. what Your arm hurts. I'm like, that's weird. Um, So I took off my jacket, and my arm is, like, bleeding. Like, it's all, it's turning red. Oh, no. And so it's like, well, okay. <laughs> like, the server's been up for two seconds, and I'm dying. So I ran up to medical, and they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. Um, And so I have to, I found out wearing the jacket was too hot. So I had to keep my jacket off and roll up the sleeves on my jumpsuit or I'd overheat. And it's like, okay, I'm going to have to remake this character because that's, that's too extreme. Yeah. Um, But it's manageable. I'll get through the round, whatever. So fast forward an hour. I forgot that was like a problem. <laughs> and I, I'm hanging out in the bar and the bartender says, hey, mermaid, what do you, what do you drink out there in the ocean? And it's like, well... I'm going to be frank, I'm still on the shift, so I shouldn't have anything hard. It's like, well, here, have some tea. And he gave me some hot tea. Oh, no. And it's like, oh, thank you. I took one sip and then immediately started getting, like, your insides are burning. Your insides are burning. Your insides are burning. <laughs> and I, like, I threw the tea cup <laughs> and I screamed and I'm, like, st- I'm scooting my wheelchair as fast as I can. So it's, like, half speed of a normal person. And people are like, dude, are you all right? And I'm like, ah, ah. And, and, like, I passed out halfway to medical. And so somebody grabbed my wheelchair, and they rushed me to medical, and the doctors are trying to figure out what's wrong with me. They they, they revived me finally, and, like, what happened? What happened? And it's like, oh, it's, it's nothing. <laughs> it's like, no, you were, like, burned. Like, what? Did you drink acid? What happened? Um, and it's like, no, I drank some tea. And it's like, oh, someone might have poisoned your tea. So they went down and found, like, the, the teacup that I threw. And they took it to forensics, and they were trying to figure out if someone put, like, a chemical in there. And it's like, no, it was just, I didn't realize it was hot. I wanted iced tea. And, like, uh, yeah, hot tea shouldn't kill you. And, like, there were, like, three people working on the case of, like, who was trying to assassinate me. Oh, my God. It was the weirdest, um, like, little mistake to make. And actually, like, I think someone out of character said that I was upsetting them because it was too scary. Oh Jesus like, Christ! Again, again, the, some of these people have serious like social things. Yeah, that I don't think Space Station Thirteen is the right game for them. Um, I'm willing to like accommodate their needs, but it's like, why are you volunteering for if if a mermaid in a wheelchair drinking hot tea is too extreme for you? <laughs> I feel like you should draw a picture of a mermaid in a wheelchair drinking hot tea and just like extreme and like word art from. 
you know, Microsoft Word 93 over the top. <laughs> I would I would like that, honestly. Yeah, like, oh, that's a good picture. I might draw that. I've been trying to draw some of my characters. Um, cause I, I love just like making characters that the character creator is so bad, but there's so many random options where it's like, why not be a half frog person? I'll just try that for a round. Yeah. And I'll go, this is stupid. And I delete the character and try a new one. I found one where it was like, I was able to, it was like octopus legs, but also like Cthulhu mouth. So it was just like noodles. And I was like, I was looking at the sprite, and it's like, how can I describe this in a way where it conveys anything that I'm looking at? Because it's just like random sprites. Like, it was such a poor looking design. Mm. And yet, it was like approved for use. So it's like, oh boy, I bet I could just like annoy people by walking up next to them and like describing being weird. <laughs> I want a crab man. I want to be a giant crab man. Yeah. That's not random garbage, man. Crab people, crab people. Right on Well, hour. you know what? Yeah, we are. Um, Is it time to close out with a good old glad space? I think it is. You... Should I go first? Who wants to be glad? Well, um, I actually, I want to talk about this next week. So I'm wondering if maybe this could be our, that's uh, like a movie club or a, a homework assignment. But the Funkland put out this very interesting documentary uh, about the rock and roll band that Disneyland made. Oh, you mentioned this to me the other day. Yeah, it's bizarre. Like, it's a very weird story, especially because, I mean, you know how I like Disneyland trivia? And I watch all these YouTube channels about, like, Disneyland rides that don't exist anymore. And Jenny Nicholson. Yeah, that kind of stuff. I've never heard of this band before. Um, it's called Hydax. And the premise was they're a rock and roll band from outer space. And they come to Earth. Oh, and so they're playing guar. live at Tomorrowland, right? I'm sorry, what was that? It's so guar. Yeah. It just Disneyland like Incorporated owns it. Okay. So it's like, well, that's kind of weird. But they played live music. And it was like an actual rock show. And they had, like, costumes, like there was a Wookiee and a little robot, but they played, like, legit songs. Um, It was really weird. <laughs> There's one song called Jailbait, which is about, like, the singer is talking about how she loves this guy, but he's too young, so she can't. And it's like, whoa, what? That um, doesn't sound very Disney. No, it doesn't. It is a truly interesting uh, rabbit hole to dig into. And it's only now, like, becoming popular knowledge. Like, there's a there's a handful of people that kind of knew about this before this documentary was announced. It just, like, fell off the radar completely somehow. Um, so I, I recommend you go to Defunctland and you watch this rock and roll documentary. Um, if you get around to watching it, we could probably talk a little bit more about it next week, too. Yeah, let me, uh, I'll try and get to it this weekend. How long is it? Uh, I want to say an hour. Oh, I mean, I could, like, watch that while I paint Warhammer or something. Oh, yeah, it'd be perfect for that. Um, and honestly, like, I could just keep talking about it, but it's worthwhile to just watch it because it's free on YouTube, so who cares? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, go to Defunct Land. That's my Glad Space. Cool. Uh, my Glad Space is a book. Uh, Ew! I, I know. I I, I, recently, I, bought a, I bought a book from the old Barnes & Noble last weekend. It's uh, The Fifth Season by N.K. Jemison. It is a kind of mix of like fantasy and high fantasy and i guess apocalyptic fiction and it fucking rules it is so good i haven't read a good fantasy book in a really long time and so it, it just it's been like the literal highlight of my week like as soon as we're done with this i'm gonna go feed my cat i'm gonna read for like an hour and i'm having so much fun with it the writing is so so good and it's kind of experimental like it jumps around characters like game of thrones kind of does right but one of the characters is basically exclusively written in the second person and it's like that's fucking ballsy to do on its own but to do it for a book is crazy but pulls it off great fucking love it and uh the world building's really cool i love the world itself it's like this fucked up 
continent that gets hit with earthquakes a lot, and a lot of them are really bad to, like, the point of, like, causing extinction events. So, like, they have this culture built around how do you survive, like, ten years of no sun because the earthquake happened and kicked so much shit up into the air. And it it is really, really good. It, it has a lot of awesome, awesome ideas in it, and I'm, I'm having so much fun reading it. Sorry, I, I muted myself there because I was dropping something. <laughs> Is this your? I'm sorry. What was that? What was that name again? Uh, the fifth season by N.K. Jemison. That sounds interesting. Honestly, I that's one of my favorite settings in D and D is the Dark Sun, where it's like it's a much harsher world, and it's like I love exploring what life would be like when that's the constant. Yeah. There's there's a lot of like post apocalyptic stories, but it's like yeah, but what if life was like that for much longer and it was just normal. It makes for a really neat backdrop, and just, like, when you design a, a city or, you know, a, a culture around this, right, like, it, you have to, it makes for something really unique. It's funny you picked a book, too, because actually my Glad Space is going to be a book, but I'm going to save that for next week. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. But, yeah, I'll, I'll try to watch that documentary, and we can maybe talk about that more next week, because that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it, honestly, I think you would probably enjoy just uh, hearing some of the stories of like how it got made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a there's a part where they hired a very good songwriter to write these rock band lyrics, and they take the lyrics and like, okay, thank you, but they they tool with it a bit <laughs> and they change some things for the the final product. Um, and so there's a very interesting account of her remembering when they invited her to see the final show and basically none of the songs were how she wrote them oh no and her the way she tells it is just very fun because you can tell that she did appreciate what came of it like it wasn't like i'm so offended but it was more like her trying to process like whoa this isn't what i envisioned at all yeah (laughs) it's all very genuine like i i think that's what i love the most about it it's a it's an interesting documentary of an interesting thing Sure, sure. But it's also, like, it's people having genuinely positive memories about it. Nice. Which is kind of refreshing. I want to end this with uh, the hardtimes.net headline that I just saw that's pretty funny. Uh, Children's cartoon not reaching intended audience of queer 20-somethings. And that's really funny because I feel like there's a lot of cartoons that I've watched that it seems like that that is the (laughs) intended audience. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm excited to eventually watch <laughs> Owl House and Infinity Train, but I shouldn't be, like... I, I, I have a weird relationship with cartoons now. Like, I love cartoons, but it, it the next, like, six things I want to watch are cartoons or anime. And it's like, yeah, but what about stuff for adults? And it's like, no, I want to watch the Disney new thing. So what was funny was last night I'm on the chat group with some guys, right? Mm-hmm. And... Um, the one guy brought up Zootopia, and someone else said, you know, I've never seen Zootopia. And I don't remember if it was me or somebody else, but it was kind of like, oh, really? I thought everyone saw it. And I think he took that as, like, a recommendation that he should watch it. I mean, Zootopia is pretty fun. I well, I think it's pretty fun, but I think there's also, like, there's, like, a community that overhypes it. Because they just, like, Rule 34 of the Rabbit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... He's decided, you know what, let's just watch that. We'll do a movie night. And so he set up a stream so we could all watch Zootopia together. And it's like, okay, I'll have that on the background, you know. Yeah. Some of the, <laughs> I don't know why he decided to do this because this particular individual, I don't think he likes like kids stuff or cartoons all that much. So the entire movie, every time they made an animal joke, there's like an audible, oh, and, and they go to the DMV and it, everyone at that DMV is a sloth. Oh. Oh man, that joke's and he amazing. Just, he just he uh, he really wasn't enjoying it at all, and I was kind of in disbelief that he was watching the whole thing because I thought he would get the vibe of the movie in ten minutes and call it quits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm kind of like, wow, you're gonna torture yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I love my my favorite joke was Utopia right now is to be like, oh yeah, it's like Black Klansman but better, which isn't true. <laughs> That struck me, dude. <laughs> I remember I said that to Jean-Luc. He was just like, wow, that's an awful fucking take. That, that's, that, 
struck me to my core. Like I felt my sh- my spine tremble. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, there there's a few moments in there where like the race metaphor gets really switched up in a weird way. Yeah. And it's like and and he kept there was a point at the end where the guy that was kind of like not into it when the credits start rolling, he was like, "Oh, racism's bad." <laughs> I get it now. I like the idea of Zootopia being like that enlightening moment for someone who's like, oh, racism is bad. But uh, there's like one person. I don't know. I hope uh, I hope Disney uh, keeps inventing great furry characters, I guess. Yeah. That's uh, a treasure. You definitely, you definitely, you, you see him every once in a while in that old E621. Are we done? I don't know. Are we? <laughs> I think so. I might even cut this last bit. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Goodbye. And remember, um, you should read that book that I can't remember the name of. That That is our sponsor. And you should also brush your teeth. Good night. <laughs>